0: Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we discuss a different Alkaline Trio song. This week, it's In Vain. That's what that song sounds like to me. You want to know what I did when you were on your way here? What were you doing, Tim? I was listening to other songs on Spotify called In Vain. V-E-I-N. Was that uh, uh, effort futile? Well, there was one track by a band called The Haunted, which was pretty shitty. Were they a metalcore band? Yeah, they're a metalcore band. A lot of like... And the drums are so loud and everything else is so quiet. That sounds like The Haunted. There was a bad Rick Ross song from like 2014
1: also not surprising
0: which was like it was just like some fucking weird goofy guy singing for like two and a half minutes t-pain uh no it wasn't t-pain i fucking love (laughs) t-pain um and then rick ross comes in and drops like a 45 second bar that's actually legit huh and then and then another, like, two and a half minutes of, like, garbage. Huh. It's, he's so confusing.
1: Yeah, Rick Ross is one of those people where, like, I could never get a read on yeah. that dude.
0: He's He hasn't put out a good solo record since, like, Teflon Don in yeah. 2010. But he's got some freaking great guest spots. Like, yeah. All throughout. He's never been, like, inconsistent as a guest.
1: Sure. I mean, I definitely think he's someone who brings his A game when he's brought on. But I don't think he has much interest in doing that. Yeah, outside of those specific
0: instances. And then another band called Storm the Sky. I think I showed up during this one. Yeah. But that song was confusing. That was a really confusing song, and you should look at them. Just Google image, image search Storm the Sky. <laughs> Google image search them. Um, so, we're
1: here to talk about the Alkaline Trio. And this was your first time hearing it. Well, first-ish.
0: First-ish. I... uh texted you about what songs we were going to do on this recording of episodes. And I hit shuffle on playlist number three and heard the first 30 seconds of this song in vain, which, similar to a story you told when Mm -hmm. we talked about our first Dan Andriano song, uh, She Took Him to the Lake, you see that title and you're like, oh, there's a Matt sc- song. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I looked at In Vain and I said, oh, there's a Matt song because Dan wouldn't come up with something that dumb and lo and behold, there he is.
1: Yeah. Um, my first exposure to the song was quite different uh, where I believe it was 2007, summer of 2007, they did like a week of the Warp Tour. One of which was the Chicago area date.
0: Uh-huh. And- yeah, that at a, the Tweeter Center?
1: Tweeter Center in Tinley Park, Illinois. Nice. Um, and I've seen the band a lot, but it's it, it been a while. I like Crimson, which came out in 05. Yeah. But after that, they started doing a lot of bigger scale touring for a minute. You know, they were opening for My Chemical Romance and like at like the Allstate Arena, you know? <laughs> I like didn't want to go to that? Yeah. I didn't have particular interest.
0: Well, that's
1: odd. Um, fuck you. Um- And, you know, like they did the Occult Roots tour where they like went backwards and played goddamn, you know, like they were, they weren't really focusing on what was happening next. So I was like, oh, you know, this is close enough to my house. Warp tour is like $15. I'll go see Alkaline Trio and leave, Uh which is what I did. And they come out on stage. You would have hated it, where they're all off stage and you hear the first chord strike and then it rings out Uh and it's burn, and they all walk out on the stage, which I know you hate. I thought it was a pretty uh good device. Yeah. In a live setting. I've never come around to that song. Still like it. Um, anyway. They're like, Hey, so you know, we're just recorded a new record or about to record a new record. With- woo- yeah, woo. And they're like, We're gonna play you a new song, it's called In Vain and they kick into it and I'm standing there in a parking lot watching this and just being like, Ooh, I hope that doesn't make the record. Yeah. Like, ooh, I hope that one is not uh-huh. The first single, yeah, because it was just that's not the this isn't the first single. No, oh, it didn't okay. end up being, but like I thought it would be. Like, why else would they? You know, they're right, They're right, making right. a big show oh, of it. Sure, sure. And I do. Uh, I was curious. I was like, well, like I hope Dan gets a single this time. Like he should get a first single. And then I heard it, and uh-huh. I was like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe yeah. he should not get this. And then you know, a year passes, and. Agony and Irony comes out and I see the song is going to be on it and I'm like, "Well, maybe maybe they changed something. Maybe they rewrote it a little bit." None of that happened.
0: None of that happened. They just decided to put every bad effects layer that they could on top of an already bad song. <sighs> yeah. Um I yeah. It's rough when it's a bad dance song though. It's Honestly, kind of
1: rare in a strange way, where just because he doesn't have as much, like, I think obviously, like, those ratios are a little skewed of good to bad. Yeah. You know? Um, But really, he, up to this point, had not really written a song I, like, actively disliked. You know? this This one was like, oh, fuck, man. Yeah. Like, I was like, that's going to have to, like, really carry the weight if this is what's Going on. But what I didn't really realize when I first heard it in that awful parking lot Uh next to probably the smart punk tent and $12 Waters. Yeah. Is that like. To write love on her arms. Yes. Was uh, with Hawthorne Knights faintly in the distance. Yeah. Was that this is really them both going for it. Like we talked in the She Took Him to the Lake episode about one of Dan's best functions is that he oftentimes you know, can serve as kind of a a response to Matt in a certain way. Where yeah. if Matt's kind of like shaping the tonality of a record, Dan can do three or four songs that maybe deviate from that, offer something a little different. Um, but this song in a lot of agony and irony is them both just being like, we are going for it together. Yeah. And I respect that, but I also don't like much of it.
0: Right. Because there's like, going for it in a good way Mm -hmm. and then there's going for it in a way that like this song it's like it's really directionless yes it doesn't really have first of all it starts out it starts out on a bad fucking like that bouncy thing that they're doing there that's something that you like goof around with during band practice yeah and you play for like 45 seconds and then you're like okay all right now we got that out of our system uh uh-huh yeah Uh, and (sighs) trying to be like not too active in terms of like shit talking but sure that's a that's a bad way to start and it doesn't really get any better it just stumbles to life yeah you know
1: like you can do one of those like kind of like drum rolly like kind of starts but this uh-huh. is like so jaunty and so i mean this feels like they did a weird bg's cover and passed it off as their own like that's what this song is kind of always resembled for me like the guitar tone that very shrill yeah clean like Kind of flange, I think, thing going on on it, and like, Derek's just kind of like, like not left a lot of space. He just kind of has to try to keep like the things on the rails and make sure the trains are running on time. Yeah, it's it, and like, I just don't know how you sing over it. There's just a lot of problems, and like, there's
0: no way to sing over it. Yeah, and he he has a fucking hard time with it. the The whole like jaunt of it, it's like like this is. This is a song that they sent to Tim Burton to put in put in your next movie. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is this is a bad Gogol Bordello song, mm-hmm. and it gets so tiring. And like, and then you got that fucking once they finish the first verse, that fucking interlude. That they do with like the weird like dropout thing, like yeah. that doesn't fucking make anything better. <laughs> no, it also doesn't make really any sense.
1: Like this is a song that you said like it feels very tired. Yeah, and I when I listened to it today, it got to about the three minute mark. And I was like, is the song still going? Yeah, and like a three minute song is not that long. Uh-huh. But if I'm really feeling the the weight of it, yeah, like one of my favorite albums from last year was 84 minutes
0: and it was one song.
1: This 3 minute song feels longer than that. To yeah, me.
0: yeah, lately lately I've been only into uh cover versions of already long songs. Like Cortez the Killer isn't long enough until Built to Spill does it and it takes 18 minutes long. Long sure. songs are dope, but like there's something about like you when you start it off like in that like jarring way, mm-hmm. 20 seconds go by very slowly. Well, and it's just, this song doesn't have a hook where
1: like, I would argue that as much as I dislike the verses, they feel stronger to me than the choruses. Yes. It's like an anti hook. It's like, I don't even understand how that happens. Like it's, Uh it's a downshift somehow. And I, I think it's a, a big part of that is just like the reliance on like, there's not a really strong vocal hook out of Dan. The song doesn't build upward. It just kind of keeps stumbling forth and then the woos.
0: The woos are fucking bad. That pre-chorus is just like loaded with effects too. Mm-hmm. And like that doesn't like effects on a bad thing are a really, really standout bad thing to put <laughs> on top of a bad thing. You know, <laughs> yeah. you just you yeah. hear them and you're like, like, damn, dude, somebody just like, somebody like reached into a drawer, grabbed a fucking flanger, grabbed a phaser, and was like, here, you ever see this? Oh, I got like this line six pod yeah, that you've yeah. been fucking around with at Guitar Center. Well, it's just like, I imagine them playing this song,
1: bringing it into the studio, and the producer being like, I don't know if that earth's really working. Let me just like turn up these knobs and switch things. And, like, yeah. Maybe if you layer it like three times, to- you know, like it just feels very somehow overridden yeah for a song that never like has a thesis
0: yeah there's no clear intention um, the lyrics are fucking they don't they're garbage they're so bad they, they it, kept a lot like I wrote this down because I only recognize this shadow kind of like a superhero with nobody's best interests in mind yeah that's, yeah. that's a that's a thing that's a that's a thing that people feel
1: yeah yeah it's like that's a really confusing line and i don't even know if it's the pre-course of the course but it's like the the line recognize the shape it's the back of your hand whoa oh oh whoa oh 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 like yeah what what does that mean i'm like We've talked before about how, like, I I don't think lyrics always need to be, like, the focal point of someone's thing. Right. And we talked in the last episode, All on Black, about, you know, those lyrics aren't really about anything, but they're evocative. This is just confusing. Yeah. I don't know what Dan went for. And it's a song that, like, in the same way to um, Live Young, Die Fast, the other Agony and Irony song we discussed a few episodes back... You really see them just be like, Derek's just fucking figure it out." Like, yeah, for and, sure. And it's you know where like a good morning song feels like all three of them like we're together. Uh-huh. I think they were unified going into this process, but like I don't know if they you know they're trying stuff that just doesn't land for me, and like I'm sure it does for other people, but I don't fully understand how like
0: steampunks. Yeah, like, I just don't know like what this song because it's clearly like you know tonally it's different it's trying to like they're trying something new on mm-hmm. i just like don't know what it is other than just like bad like hot topic adjacent. jace nothing yeah i mean well because i this song
1: to me feels like it, when you say "hot topic adjacent," it means like they move from hot topic to Hollister. Like this is a song you would hear in a Hollister, not in a Hot Topic. Like it's trying so hard to be kind of like, you know, throw this on at your surfboard
0: party. I don't know what Hollister right. sells, <laughs> um, but like all I know is that my friend in uh, in high school worked at Hollister, and and all he did was stand at the front doorway with his shirt off and hand cards to people when they came in this that, that, that he's, was his job i was like dude that's fucking crazy he's like yeah yeah wow he had a shell necklace of course he
1: did <laughs> of course <laughs> was his name chad <laughs> his anyway. name was zach that anyway um you know i feel bad shitting on songs like this but like this is just one from that first time i heard it in the summer of 2007 to today. Yeah. Like when it comes up, like whenever I give agony and irony a shot, you know, granted they don't play this one live that much anymore. Thank the Lord. But like, it's one of those songs that like, it's the, it's the turd in the punch bowl of a record that I already don't really want to be drinking. And it's the
0: third song. (sighs) Yeah. Like you gotta come out with something good. As especially the third track. Especially the first dance song on the record. Oh my God. And he's like, he always hits that spot really mm-hmm. well. Like, you look back to, like, Take Lots with Alcohol is a really good third song. You've Got So Far to Go is a fucking great third song. 100 Stories, I think, is underrated uh, absolutely um and it and and like you know I think that's an example too where that like that song it's not it's it's within the range of like what Matt's doing on that record and then this one too it's like wait, I don't know he just seems so lost yeah Dan where are you <laughs> well and that's that's the thing is I I
1: feel worse. Talking bad about Dan than I do about Matt. Yeah. Because I feel like Dan so often is is not given the credit he's due, but then sometimes you see a song like this and you're just like, buddy.
0: Yeah. But Well, I think that there's something like like identifiable with Dan. Like, we're all as kind of Dan as we're, people. I mean, yeah, to some extent, right? Yeah. There's there's like a degree of honesty that I think comes out of him and there's that like, you know, like like not to say that Matt's dishonest but Matt is always kind of Matt about everything and Dan just kind of like has a little bit more of just like an open flow to everything mm-hmm. like Dan's Dan's kind of like lack of uh of like image it's it's more it's more like like his voice is so distinct it's so his and like you kind of like gravitate towards that because it's imperfect and because it's like just got like a tangible quality to it that I think is really really easy to associate with and to feel on like a you know pretty fucking human level especially because he's like the guy that's just stumbled into this band and that's, that's yeah. great
1: that's so great for him well and it's just like the thing about Dan is like especially at this point in their image you know like I you know Vagrant really pushed Matt songs always as symbols. Yeah. They're now on a major. Clearly, they're pushing Matt again. Dan's got to stand out. Yeah. And he kind of stumbles. And it's also sad because, like, Post Crimson, I remember, you know, they were really leaning hard on their, like, we're fancy boys aesthetic. Uh Uh-huh. And we're just whatever. That's fine. I think sometimes it suits them well. Sometimes, like, Dan wearing those, like, frilly, puffy pirate shirts from Seinfeld. (laughs) Like, that's kind of what this song is. Like, it's him embracing the, like, I'm a frilly pirate boy. And like these are the songs frilly pirate boys write. Like you said, go go bordello. Yeah. Only, you know, without like an accent. I don't know.
0: It's 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 a song. It's a song for sure. I feel I, I took I took an antihistamine today. I'm so drowsy. I'm like so lethargic. I've had so much coffee. It's really it's had no effect on like my brain. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what this song is. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like I'm just like like wanting to just get through it. I just like it's it's doesn't start out well. There's nothing that you can do to change the fact that this is not a good uh chapter in this band's life. We're out of ideas. We're hurting. Here it is. We tried. <laughs> but it, it, also we
1: didn't <laughs> Well that's that's the fucking weird part of it. Is like there are songs on this record that like I'm gonna defend and there's this is really the start of a trend that I think is really interesting to me. Is that some of Dan's best songs from this era being included as B sides on Deluxe Editions or like being shunted onto their own E P because I do think Dan has some good songs in this era, why this one trumped it is just absolutely beyond me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Why this is... And and why, you know, in the position that it is. That's the third yeah. song. Yeah. I mean, I
1: feel like we've really telegraphed how we feel about this and what we're going to give it.
2: <sighs>
0: yeah, But
1: what do you give this song, Tim?
0: I give this song... Uh, two frilly shirts out of five. I also give this song two out of five. I think that you know, I think that we. (laughs) It's like when you. It's like when you. You. (laughs) It's like AJ Soprano. It's like AJ Soprano's like, his his grades that his teachers give him, where it's like just dependent on like how bad the person feels for him, and just thinking like. Well, I know that you tried your best, so here i <sighs> you <laughs> i had
1: re- i had a real hard time figuring out what I was gonna give this, yeah, because I don't think it's the worst song on agony and irony, right I don't there's part of me that's torn about whether or not it's even the worst Dan song on the record um but it's just one that like I dislike it a lot, yeah. But is it like, is it true bottom of the barrel knowing what some of what I consider the bottom of the barrel to be? Right. Yeah. I I think it's just slightly above that. And, you know, I I want to address one thing to our our devoted great listeners, Uh which is so often that people are like, oh, you guys are really critical of even the songs you like. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, that's what being, that's what criticism is. Yeah. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. You know? And I think... A lot of this is trying to find, you know, trying to point out the bad and stuff we like and maybe trying to find the good and stuff we don't like. Yeah, definitely. And there's just not much good I find in this track.
0: Yeah, and it's, yeah, I I feel that way too. And it's kind of just like, it's like a tough, it's tough to take, you know, because you identify with these people and you've seen like musical evolutions like in them and in their songs and what they've been able to like, Put out for so long Mm -hmm. that you know when you see when you see that like a bad idea made it onto the record that's kind of tough to to Mm -hmm. take in
1: well I mean it goes back to an idea we talked about in the All in Black episode which is like this is a band that we were rooting for right you know I wanted this record their major label record A to be good and B to push them to another level And I think this is not telling any tales out of school here. That didn't happen. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's a bummer. Uh Uh-huh. And I wish that would have happened, but it didn't. And a large reason that didn't happen is I don't think some of the material was there to make it happen. And, and, And I think some of the things they elected to push were maybe not the right horses to bet
0: on right and i think that you know you get you get so far down the line with this band and the amount of growth that does take place and the continuation of great ideas that takes place they they went a long time mm-hmm. without without misstepping and you know going back to that all on black episode the fact that like they were able to you know Expand upon something that we were already so in love with and mm-hmm. turn it into a much bigger thing. That was super exciting and something yeah. that I was all for too. But you know, at a certain point, the actual output, the songs themselves, just seemed to falter. And I had, you know, my experience with Agony and Irony was listening to it once and just saying like, "Yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's all that they've got for me." Mm-hmm. at this point. And there's, you know, it's hard not to sound bitter when you're talking about something that you really don't like, but I never really felt the need to actively hate on it. Totally. It was just like the, they gave me so much mm-hmm. and like I knew at the beginning of that record that I really wasn't going to like what I found. Yeah. I never made it to this track. And it's nice to (laughs) it would have been nice to have her hear it, but (laughs) (laughs) it's also like it's also like, man, if I if I wanted to in that moment, I could have like gone ahead and been like, fuck this and gotten mad, but I didn't and you know, that's it's it's nice to, to at least be able to look at it now with a much less like personal like attachment to it, to just be like Damn, that was rough.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Glad I missed out on it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, ultimately, they tried, and it was all in vain.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if you like what we're doing here, subscribe to it on iTunes, rate it, write a review, tell a friend about it. We've had this awesome surge of, of people who are hitting us up about it who are sharing it with other people and, and you, you know, you, you go out and you see people that are excited about the show. And that's like, that's so dope to hear that. Like everybody's like getting into it, you know, as a, as a, as a bit of nostalgia, but also as like something that you're enjoying. You're actually enjoying the conversations that we're having about it. Um, So that's, that's dope. It's very meaningful. The, reason that we started this was because we like each other and we like talking to each other and we wanted to have an excuse to do it and it's working out great so far i mean it's just ironic
1: that it also brings us so much agony
0: (laughs) yeah i i like you um that's why you come here every week this is so great david to spend this time with you you just do nothing but make me happy that i choose to do this um, Likewise, too. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Short wet niggas like a speedboat coming.
2: Oh Lord, Lord, Lord. More money, more money. These rich young niggas ain't never no money. Bell air running down the rolling in the arm arm. Pinky ring 600? what you know about it? On the champ, baby, real deal, holy field. Got the bitches wanna
0: build and win bought
2: the crib. Twenty-five mil, I'm doing twenty-five to life. Hundred acres keep my shooters all through the night. Every chandelier ran a nigga one mil. 20 chandeliers, motherfucker, who real? I just wanna show her what I live like a white Birkin on a winter night Fuck her Birkin, now she in the Bentley That's when she went and tell the double M-G Now I burn deep, deeper than the rap She give me brains, she a mastermind, to be exact She a mastermind, to be exact I give her game and she give it back Sip serve, so I fuck slow Sip more, I wanna fuck more Gotta grind till your eyes close Stay strapped to the trap clothes. They scream make back on the cell blocks All my dogs are used to sell blocks They say them niggas in the jail top How your homie's commissary fell off But make it worse, he got an elbow 25 to life, they wrong on the shelf It makes cell phone. me smile, it makes me smile Cause I got it It makes me smile I got